Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Voice Like a Lion podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pemberton, and today I'm so excited to be able to share with you someone who I think is going to add so much value to your life, and that is Vikram. Vikram is a serial entrepreneur, cyclist, health nut who lives in South America, and he has sold over $250 million worth of real estate, and now his business trains real estate agents on how to sell like crazy. Vikram, thank you so much for joining us today. What's up, man? I uh, appreciate you letting me share some nuggets. Um, I hope your audience gets a couple of things that they can be actionable in this uh, in this economy. Because whether you're selling real estate or you're selling selling cars, it's tough for a lot of people right now. So yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm excited to be here to share share a little bit and uh, add some value where I can. Yeah, so that's actually. Because this is always unscripted, I never have a question. It just kind of goes wherever the the guest leads. So, were you what you just said? I would love for us to start there. We talked about how the economy is really hard for someone yeah. who is looking to get into being a real estate agent. Would this be a good time? Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. There's there's no bad time to get into things. There's just bad ways to get into things. Mm. You know, my dad used to say to my my, my dad used to say when my brother was going through med school and how hard the tests were and you know, how the system was like not easy for people to get into. Cause you know, his son is being affected. So he was like, Oh, it should be changed. But six years earlier when none of our kids were in medical school, he's like, Oh yeah, the system is what the system is. But when it hits home, it hits home. So there's not a bad time to get into real estate, but there are bad ways to get into real estate. Um, if you think real estate's going to be easy, then you're, you're, am I allowed to swear here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If you think real estate's going to be easy because you watch some home G- HGTV bullshit, you're in for a shitstorm, right? And they, have you ever heard of the Valley of Despair? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so step one, you watch, oh, look at Vic. He's crushing it. This guy's doing so good. Oh my God. Step two, you're like, God, this, this shit's kind of hard. Step three, now you're in the valley mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what? I I want to work on my meditation and my manifestation. I'm going to go find God. I'm going to do some ayahuasca. Things just don't work out for me. These people don't like, right? Do I really, am I passionate about selling real estate, right? Whether you sell real estate or you sold knives or you sold wellness or you sell cars or you sell, you name the product. Most people get into the valley of despair because they don't do research going into it. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in the middle of the storm, they don't have the mind power. They don't have the bandwidth to do the preparation. You don't prepare when you're in the eye of the storm. You prepare before you get in the eye of the storm so that when you're in it, you know which way to go. And I've actually been on a boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean headed towards the eye of the storm. And we knew exactly what to do. And it, you know, we were in called dead man's cove on a, on a 65 foot boat for four days or three days, three days, four days. I don't know, a bunch of days. (laughs) And I knew the person that I was going with wasn't going to be prepared. So I went to the store, I bought ton of food, milk, steaks. And then his buddy, when we met him at the, you know, cause it's a, it's a dangerous trip. I was going with my buddy who's a little bit older and uh, one of our mutual friends. And I'm not a C guy. So I met, he messaged me. He's like, Hey, what time are you guys going to be at the dock at? Like the real time, not like Rick's time. Rest in peace, Rick. 
Um, and I said, we'll be there in about two hours. He goes, okay, I got a case of steak. What do you have? And I was like, oh, dude, I got like $600 worth of food. He's like, okay, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna have some trouble on the water. Uh, I'll bring another case of steak. And we ended up, you know, having to to chill at port for four or five days, right? Because we got caught in a storm. Yeah. And the West Coast is actually brutal. Like it's super dangerous waters. If we didn't have that food, bro, we would have been effed. Yep. Right. Like if we weren't prepared for a storm, and I was prepared for a storm. That's why people fail is because they try to prepare prior or they try to prepare after it's too late. If we would have tried to run the storm, right? It, I don't know. We probably wouldn't be here talking. We probably would have died. Yeah. Right. So if you want to get into real estate, get into real estate. There is plenty of opportunity at the top for everybody that wants to work, but it's going to take phone calls. It's going to take DMs. It's going to take skills. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to work a thousand times harder than you thought you were, right? You're going to have to prospect. You're going to have to do open houses. You're going to have to join a team or get mentorship. You probably should have six months of savings, right? Don't think you're going to do it part-time and people are just going to show up because you're like, I'm in real estate. Give me your $800,000 house to sell. Like, are you out of your flipping mind? Would you give some brand new person your car to fix that never got any formal training because they went through a 60-hour clockwork class? <laughs> like, like we, we don't think realistically and logically. We only think about ourselves. So it's a great time to get into the business, but it is a business. And remember, building a business is super hard. Mm -hmm. And if you don't put the effort into it, then you will be a statistic for the failures, not for the succeed. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that that's really, really good because you sit there and you talk about the valley of despair. And I heard this said a few weeks ago, but it's when most people start a new business or if they become a real estate agent, they have uninformed optimism where yeah. they see someone like Chip and Joe on HGTV and they go, oh man, that's easy. It's like, they just show up and things happen. It's like, you, but you don't see all the stuff that they had to do beforehand or how many years they to even get to the point that they're at. And so you have this uninformed optimism and say, hey, I'm going to do that. Then you get into it. Then you have that informed pessimism where you're just like, oh, wait, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. I didn't know I'd actually have to do stuff. I just figured I'd make up one post on Facebook that I was a real estate agent now and then the sales would just come in. And that's the I mean, I've seen that time and time again in business. I've seen that with people, even friends that I grew up with, where they would go join Keller Williams and they would just say, hey, I work at Keller Williams now. And then months later, they would be working somewhere else because they yep. never did anything else besides just make one post. And that's then that that valley of despair is the differentiator between people who are going to be successful or people who are going to fail. Because in the valley of despair, in that informed pessimism, you can either decide that you're going to stick it out and get informed optimism now where you can understand the skills that you need, like you were talking about and the, how much work it's really going to take. And then actually, are you willing to put the work in? Yes or no. If you can get to that point, then you can decide, is this a business for me or not? And I think that that's really, really good. So one thing I would love to ask, because we kind of talked about, like if you're getting into real estate and right. I'm sure that that's something that most people do talk about. One thing I would love for you to delve into, because you're not just getting started, you're someone who's been around the block a few times, is especially in the economy that we're in right now, 
if you are a seasoned real estate agent, what would you do? What would be the top three tips you would give someone to really just blow the top off of their business going into 2024? Same thing you do and the market's great. Mm. Right? It's, it, the, the, the funny thing is, is that, you know, when the market went up 80% in your neighborhood and your business went 20%, you thought you were the rock star, but you didn't even match the, you didn't even match yeah. the market. You've trailed the market 60%. So if your market went up, let's say 50% and you did eight transactions and then you did 10 transactions. Well, you didn't have an equivalent increase in the market. When the markets go down 40% and you go down 60%, that tells you that it's something in your sales process that's broken. Mm. So there's three things, right? If you want three things that you should do. Okay. One, you sharpen your ax. So when the times get tough, you work on your skills more, right? Who's your sales coach? Who's your sales guide? If it's the person in your office that hasn't been to a training in six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, they're probably teaching you stuff that doesn't work with the post COVID antitrust consumer, mm -hmm. right? The post COVID consumers changed because the world changed. Information changed the way we communicate changed, but you're still learning stuff that was working 10 years ago for some people, but it creates a tremendous amount of sales resistance, right? That's why you get objections. Objections is sales resistance. You've triggered the prospect or the potential client. So number one is sharpen your skills right? Work on your tonality, work on your body language, work on your delivery, work on your pace, work on the questions you ask, right? If you don't have a printed script for a buyer consultation, for a listing consultation, for expired outbound, for circle prospecting outbound, if you don't have those printed, you're not really serious. So that's number one is work on your processes, your sales process, because at the end of the day, you're a salesperson. Number two, you should probably have three time blocks in your calendar for outbound prospecting. Eight to 10 or eight to 11, one to three, five to seven. There's only one job in real estate and that's to book appointments. Because if you don't have appointments and you don't have belly to belly conversations like you and I are having, whether they be Zoom, in person, at a coffee shop, you're not going to make sales. Right. You, you might be the unicorn out there. I don't talk to my clients, Vic. Post it in the YouTube chat. Good for you. I only do things through FaceTime and WhatsApp and we don't even talk anymore. We just send them a couple of videos. Awesome, bro. You're the, you're the unicorn. Nobody gives a shit about you. The 98, 99% of the world, 99.9 .9 more effective than birth control is going to do business the old effect, old fashioned, traditional. I meet you. I shake your hand. I show you some houses. I meet you, I go to your house, I do a listing presentation, right? That's number two. And number three is, right? So first is you got to build the skill. Second is you got to double, quadruple, triple, 100x down. Some of you real estate agents, I love you. But the last time you picked up a phone and actually did any real prospecting was in 1999 when I graduated from high school. <laughs> Y'all need to pick that shit up again, right? It's not old school. It's not old school. It's actually what works. And every business. That's why Alex Hermosi talks about it. We both just quoted Alex Hermosi, the Valley of Despair. Yep. Like 
we both quote it. Why, why does he say in his first thing he does when he takes over a company is they look at the sales script. Because if the process is broken, you're not going to do, why do we not, why do we not pick up the phone? We don't have confidence. Why don't we have confidence? We didn't practice a good script, right? Mm. So number three is, are you working on a personal brand? Because in today's day and age, if I'm letting somebody come into my house, I'm going to Google them. I'm going to see who they are. I want to know. And if I, as a real estate sales trainer who sold hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate, I don't say that to impress you, just to impress upon you. If I can't find you, because I built a team, if I can't find you in 2023, December 12th at 2.47 p.m., if I can't find you and I know how to stalk people on the internet because I built businesses and I've researched so I don't walk into a house dumb and blind, right? You go into a $4 million house, if you don't know what the people do that own the home because you didn't look them up or at least try, that's kind of foolish then they can't find you for sure because they're not professional stalkers online and Facebook and Instagram. So if yep. I can't find somebody that I'm going to go into an appointment with, there's no way your prospect can. And if it's going up against me and Steve and Steven's got a huge following, right? Or he's on five platforms and I can easily find him. And I'm going up against Vikram. Who's like a ghost even if I really like Vikram in my head, I'm like, well, if I can't find the person that's going to be representing me, I really liked him a lot. Maybe I can ask Steven if he'll do the same things because Steven's everywhere and Vikram's a ghost. Yep. But people don't, there's, I have a, I have a belief that there's a lot of people who don't believe in themselves because they weren't given the right training from their brokerage are from their team. And so they have a ton of fear. So they actually don't want people to find them because if somebody finds them, then somebody's going to find out that they're actually in their mind a fraud. And it's not their fault, bro, but it is their responsibility to go out there and learn the systems, right? Mm -hmm. Like inside of our program, we teach you step by step, right? Like we teach you step by step. So if you're already an advanced person, you grab the stuff and you're like, boom, easy to implement. If you're not, if you've never done a sales call before, and the reason why you don't do a sales call is because you're like, I don't know if I use my phone. I don't know if I use my CRM. I don't know how to record. This is also <laughs> overwhelming. Like, I don't know if I need a headset. Like, nah, bro. All you need to do is pick up the phone and dial like you calling grandma. That's it? Yeah. yeah. We lay it out step by step so that it makes it easy. And if you don't need the basic stuff, you just go to the more advanced stuff. But if you need the basic stuff, you have it. The problem with sales training in our industry is that most of it's charismatic selling, right? They don't know why they became great at salespeople. It's not just our industry, like the wellness industry. I, I've been in a bunch of different industries. Um, I remember when my buddy was, uh, he was working for Morgan Stanley or something like that. And he was starting a team and he's like, dude, these people just aren't motivated. I was like, show me your sales training. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, show me your, your, like, show me your training log for your people. So, well, I don't have one. I was like, it's not that they're motivated. They're scared to get on the phone. Mm -hmm. Like shut the front door. Why would they be scared? They're calling their friends. I was like, that's even scarier. When you call people, yeah. you know, and you sound dumb, then they think you're dumb at the Christmas party. Yep. And he's like, shit, what the fuck? I was like, go talk to him. 
hey man, why aren't you on the phone? Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look at his calendar. I looked at his calendar, it's empty. Why would it have appointments? He didn't call anybody, he didn't talk to anybody. He's like, hey man, can I just pull you to the side and like one-on-one, -on -one, like go grab some coffee? He's like, yeah, what's up? It's like, is there a reason why you're not calling people? And the guy's like, looks around, but he, Antoine told me this. He's like, he looks around, he's like, dude, this is gonna sound crazy because I've been shadowing you for months. I don't know what to say. Mm. It's like, I don't have any confidence calling them. I, I know how to sell the product, but I don't know how to have a conversation with these people without selling salesy. My buddy put together a training package. He has his own firm now, 15 people wow. working for him. We're going to do like $7 million in, in revenue. Well, that's, I, I just think, it, uh, like, even for me, when I got into B2B sales, that's that was a whole different ball game coming from e-commerce because e-commerce you just post some stuff you're hiding you don't have to be on a camera i don't have to sit here and talk on a mic i could just <laughs> sit there and work on a computer and then sales come in and then you fulfill the sales and no one ever sees you right. and the only thing i didn't need any kind of personal brand because who's going to look up the owner no one really cares about the owner as much unless you are just some big personality and then when we moved over into b2b it's like all everything you just said and then some, because it's, it's that one piece that you just mentioned at the end where you can, you can be fully confident in your products, but if you don't know how to have a normal conversation to just get a call booked, that's a big deal. And I think that that, I mean, everything you just walked through, that is gold. And one thing I, I heard you say it, and it sounded very much like Tony Robbins. And I know that you have some background there with, with Tony and so do I. I, I love Tony Robbins, been to a bunch of his different stuff, especially right. business mastery. And I, I just find it so interesting that a lot of times the biggest learning curve is just right between your ears. It's the mindsets. It's the way that you view, view yourself because you were talking about it with confidence yeah. is there's certain people. And yes, of course, having the, the right training is wildly important, but there's some people who you actually had to just get their confidence up in them. Like you can give them the perfect script, but if they don't believe that they can do it, it doesn't matter. Oh, and that's what, that's what really excites me for everyone listening with the stuff that you have going on with how you train people, because you know what you're doing and the, just your, your background with Tony Robbins, being a platinum partner, you have spent enough time working on you that if people were to come to you and say, Hey, I need you to help me with my sales training. You're not just going to help them with their script. You're going to help them with that space between their ears because that's the biggest part. If you help them win there, then you can help them win in sales because now they have confidence. Now you can give them the scripts. Now you can help them understand, hey, this is how you make a phone call. Because the, like I said, and like you said just a few minutes ago, is it can get overwhelming, especially when you're brand new because you have so much going on. Do I do the CRM? Do I just make a phone call? How do I set up my profile? Like, what are you doing? But that's what I'm really excited about with listening to you. I'm excited for everyone who comes into your sphere of influence because I feel like you are the right person to help people actually grow. So there's coaching and then there's training, right? Like we have an online portal that's coaching, right? Yep. It's you go through it, you learn, I'm talking, I'm giving you the scripting, I'm giving you the frameworks, right? And these are frameworks. Like yesterday we were going through um, – one of our clients is in Canada. He has different rules and laws. So he says, I can't say this. I can't say this. So we're going through in our advanced classes and we actually created a new framework for him to use based off of his feedback because the laws had just changed or something 
in his MLS or he didn't know about it, right? So like frameworks, the problem with using a framework that was written 20 years ago by somebody who hasn't been in the trenches is that it sounds good from stage, but when you get out there and it's like, date the rate, marry the home, like what the fuck does that shit mean? Oh, sounds good. Well, everybody says that the CEO, that guy's never been in a house with Mr. and Mrs. Jones. That's yeah. jargon. That's, that's salesy. Right. But when you sit down and I'm like, Hey man, so tell me like, why are you even considering moving? Like your house is beautiful. You, you said you upgraded it four years ago, did everything you want. And you're like, Oh, well, because my kids are in the wrong school district now. And the program that my daughter wants with the sports that she plays and the instrument she plays, this school doesn't have it. Okay. So what? Well, if I don't get my kids into that school, right. And she doesn't get into the college she wants, then, then what happens? Well, then she might not have the competitive advantages or she might miss out on an experience in life. And when I was a kid, my parents couldn't mm -hmm. afford to go to this school and I don't want that to happen to my child. Oh, well, shit, bro. That sounds horrible. Like, I'm not going to swear unless I know you, but like, yeah. damn, like all of a sudden that 7% rate and that extra $800 a month in payment or $1,800 or $2,800 or $4,800, depending on the price point, it starts to become smaller. It's like, well, I mean, you don't have to move, but like, I mean, do you want your daughter not to have those experiences? I mean, like, I'm sure she's still going to turn out fine. Like, you seem like you actually care. Like, I'm sure she's going to turn out fine. Well, no, I really do. Okay, so where should we go from here? Well, maybe we should start looking at some houses and see what we can get into comfortably. And, you know, like, maybe we should talk about, you, you said you could come up with some game plans on rates and buy downs and this and that and the other. Like, would, would, you, be, would you be able to help me kind of map some things out? And, like, you know, I don't want to waste your time. I might not buy... But like, I, I don't, I also, you know, like it's a scary thing for people and everybody, every agent's out there is the best time to buy. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. You don't know that it's the best time for the person in front of you. You know, it's the best time for a macro. But when we talk about a micro one to one, not one to many, yep. I don't know that it's the best time for your family to buy until we sit down and have that conversation. But the reason why buyer's agents don't want to have that conversation is because they've never had a buyer's agent consultation. So they don't know how to talk about rates. They don't know how to talk about volatility. They don't know how to talk about transparency on how they get paid. They don't know how to talk about the inspections. They don't know how to demonstrate the value. So inside of our growth academy, that's training. That's where we come in. We put the gloves on. And we practice what we have to say to our people. We practice the tonality, the pacing, right? We practice the words we use. We tweak things based off of your market versus my market. And when we do that, you become confident to go out and do the activities that you want to do to help the people, but you've been scared for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Because most people aren't scared to pick up the phone. They're scared to pick up the phone and sound stupid. They're scared to pick up the phone. I, dude, bro, I'm guilty of it. I had to drink two beers last week before I started prospecting because I stopped for 60 days and I was sitting there. I was in my head, right? I was sitting there in my head and my buddy looked at me. My buddy Cody's like, bro, go get a beer and shut the fuck up and make some calls. <laughs> and I was like, 
All right, bro. Like anybody who says that they don't sometimes get in their head or they don't have sometimes fear or they don't get rusty because they didn't do the activities, they're lying. Yep. And that's why when you have a community, like we meet three, four times a week and we're actually going to up it next year where there's going to be calls four to five times a week that somebody can plug into. If they're having a bad day, we can just kind of pop that out of them real quick. But if you're only a stagehead that's never talked to a client, yeah. right? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great ones out there. But if you're a stagehead that's never been in this situation, you don't talk from pract practitioner. You talked from what is the word? Um, I don't know. You know, you know the word, but you don't, you're not talking as a practitioner. You're talking as a theorist. Yeah. So that, that's kind of like why I think coaching is cool for some things, but training is what gets people the movement. Like that's how we accelerate your needle. I don't need people for a year in my program. If they come in and they do what they're supposed to do, they do the online portal, they learn on their own, they're going to the gym, driving, doing all the things, and then they show up to me and they actually participate, they record their calls, they do the hard work. Dude, within six months, they're having their best year ever. And that's what's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So I know that you are busy. I know you got a hard stop. So real quick before you get off, it. yeah, I, I wish we could keep this conversation going because it's been great. But where can people find you? I would love for people to get plugged in with what you have going on. Yeah, man, um, easiest way, IG coach Vikram Diol, V-I-K-R-A-M-D-E-O-L. I just looked at my name to see how I spelt it, which is hilarious because I forgot. <laughs> um, IG coach Vikram Diol is the easiest way to find me. Send me a message. Um, cool thing is, is like when you, even if you just follow us there, if you learn the frameworks, if you learn how to open people up, like just using a little bit of human psychology and behavior, um, little NLP, little Jeremy Minor, little Shran Srivasa, right? Little, my own kind of ninja stuff in there. If you learn how to, how that works, it works in all industries. Well, it's amazing. If you are listening, please go check him out. That's where we met. We met through Instagram and yeah. he will get back to you. I can, I'm a living testimony of that, but Vikram, thank you so much for being here and just for sharing your wisdom and your journey. And I hope that everyone got something out of this and if you did and you enjoyed it, I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.